da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Gemini Christmas, ma'am, fam. Gemini Man Talk on ma'am this week. <laughs> We're welcomed by a special guest as we talk all things Ang Lee slash Will Smith slash cloning slash motorcycle attacks and what have you. So it's going to be a great time. And don't forget to stay tuned for our weekly recommends at the end of the show in which each of us is going to suggest something that you should check out ASAP, and it's going to be good. That stands for as soon as possible. Just Oh, thank you. Gosh. Yeah, no, you're welcome. It's uh, a 30, millennial six lingo. Years, I'm just like, gosh, I don't know what this means, but I didn't want to ask, so and look stupid, you know, so yeah. I appreciate it, man. It's going to be a good time. Special shout-out to the VIPs over at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP where uh, we talk Zombieland this week in preparation for Zombieland Double Tap dropping this weekend and uh, talking Zombieland Double Tap next week on the main feed here on uh, your normal podcast app. And um, let's shout out to those people who joined us over there for that episode and who are submitting questions for our AMA, mm. which is coming up here about next week, I think. Uh, just a ride around next week. So it's going to be... Fun times after dark in the VIP bar lounge grill and a snow cone stand in the summer. <laughs> um, but without further ado, time to talk Gemini Man. I believe, guys, last time we talked Ang Lee, it was what I said at the time was the worst movie <laughs> in the history of the medium. Billy it's gotten Simon. worse in, uh, with history. Yeah, it has. It has not aged well. <laughs> time Somehow. has not. Yeah, you would think that time would have done that one. Service in these this yeah, uh, no Billy Lynn, negative uh, rating now yeah negative numbers on the rating scale oh yeah it's like minus <laughs> minus twenty five <laughs> rotten on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. it's so far down <laughs> that they had to like n- so far below zero it's one uh, of the most confusing movies I've ever seen it is it's show. just unbelievably just like, what what is even happening on screen I got to date Taylor Swift after it though so. it's okay because yeah no, <laughs> that's money yeah. No one knows that that movie exists, so that's the good thing, <laughs> because it was out for, like, I think two and a half days. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we're, yeah. we're the only people that even got to see the movie, let alone talked about it and listened to a review on it. But, uh, yeah, just to put it in context, that's kind of where we are. But, you know, to go on the record, I like Ang Lee. I think he's, I think he's a talented uh, filmmaker when, you know, the right circumstances present themselves. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed Life of Pi. It was Probably my favorite movie of that year. Um, I think Skyfall was that same year too. I really like Skyfall, but um, Life of Pi was a really, really entertaining cinematic experience that I really enjoyed. And and you know, so given the right circumstances, I'm all in on Aang. So um, you know, optimistic going into this one. I gotta be gotta be completely honest with you. Um, I'm all in for action. I'm all in for dumb action. I'm all in for Will Smith. And so you know, this has all the ingredients for something that I would love and uh so that's kind of where we are but let's go through general thoughts uh first welcome in our guest his name is gemini marcus hey marcus what's up <laughs> what's up man fam hey guys hey it's good to have hey, you man, man. excited yes, to I'm... talk will smith and gemini man but first we got to run you through the ma'am gauntlet here um mm-hmm. so you've got three questions we're going to ask you the first uh it's not really a question more of a an opportunity 
If you have anything to say about Now You See Me, go for it. <laughs> yes, I, I saw that movie in college. Uh, uh, my oh, girlfriend young, came over. <laughs> young, humble, humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> young and naive. Young and naive. You're still learning no, and kind of... Right? Yeah. My uh, my girlfriend came over and she said, "Hey, let's watch this movie. It's gonna be super awesome. You're gonna love it. Like, let's do this." Oh wow! She's like, I got this movie. Home media you. release. College humble <laughs> yes. brag, man. Yeah. You're like eleven. Girlfriend too. Yeah. Red box. Oh, Red box. Oh, Three yeah. dollars yeah. there. He's oh, out old, all guys. Feeling of. old. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we watched it, and I swear, I have, I don't think I've ever seen anything as. <laughs> confusing yes. and <laughs> maddening as that movie <laughs> i i don't think I, I i made fun of her so much for picking that thing i long story short we broke up afterwards oh, <laughs> so, good. so good. now you yeah, see me as a right special choice. place in my heart <laughs> good good on you marcus yeah. bit of a parting <laughs> gift if you will. i don't know if you know this but a lot of the tricks if you sit up in the rafters you can totally tell oh yeah oh good yeah, to know go. okay now, we don't tell that story enough can't not worry can't I work? <laughs> so There's funny. like 25 stories about stories. This, our experience. This one is the <laughs> best, and we should retell it once a year in case we have new listeners. But can I rewind for a screening for this? It was a, like a marketing screening. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we were in line to watch it, and there's this guy behind us who was a magician. And uh, he goes, yeah, I actually was a consultant on the film. And we're like, oh, cool, man. We're excited to see it. And... Uh, He's like, yeah, I also am a consultant for Chris Angel. And we were like, that's less cool, but the mind right. freak? He's like, <laughs> the yeah, mind the freak mind himself. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, uh, with magic, and same is true for this movie, uh, it's all about perception. So if you sit up like up in the rafters, you can see how all the tricks are done. It's all built for the audience. And we're like, all right, weird thing to say. And then we get <laughs> then we get into the movie and they're all done with CGI. <laughs> And it just made that comment so much funnier. <laughs> it's so much funnier that they use none of his expertise <laughs> on like practical, like how you do practical magic, and that he was like brought in. I yeah. just didn't know, like, are they are they illusionists or are they wizards? Like, can they <laughs> yes. stop rain? It's TBD. Or... <laughs> it's TBD because they ah, brought okay. in Harry Potter, the last one, and oh, that's right. Still yeah. kind of moving towards that. You know, four horsemen. We, we there's no way to know. There might be a third Woody Harrelson in the next one. We just there's there's no way to really. Lord willing, uh, but, he's play, but he's playing Joe Biden, kind of halfway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. Makes the title "Now You Three Me" even more awkward. Hey, hey, all right. Um, hey. So next question for you, Marcus. Have yeah. you seen MacGruber? Oh yeah. Oh good. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, absolutely. That that, that is a staple in this household. Good. In this house, we stand MacGruber. Absolutely. <laughs> glad, uh, glad to hear it. Got to rip some throats. Um, and last question. Wait, go just, for the turkey. Just, yeah. <laughs> that's, gobble, a, gobble. that's a bowling term that I apply to throat rips. Um, uh, what's your favorite movie, Marcus? Favorite movie has to be, and I feel, I feel weird saying this because it's not highbrow enough, but Terminator 2 is my thing. Ooh. Terminator 2 is... What really got that's me cool in the movie? Sincerely, it's, yeah, that's strong. Honestly, it's like one of those. Uh, it's I think it's one of the greatest action films of of that decade, at least. And it's so cool. My dad got like a little a DVD silt, like steel box of it oh, uh, nice. when it came yeah. out, and like you, you could watch the, you could look at the screenplay. And I remember as a kid mm. just like looking at that screenplay and thinking, "How do they do that?" So that's the movie that kind of got me like deep into movies and how they're made. So yeah, T two all the way. Awesome. That's a great. 
That's a great one, man. I revisit that one. Try not to too often because of how much I enjoy it because it's oh, yeah. such a such a great memory in my in my brain and uh yeah, we're going to talk Terminator pretty soon when uh, Dark Fate yeah. comes out. So prepare nice. yourselves, ma'am, fam, and uh get that uh, you know, Terminator 1 2 3 4 X Salvation whatever um and get that get that rolling and we will talk that in a few weeks. So, Gemini man time. Um this one was uh, a lot, guys. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of. I don't know how a movie that is in development for twenty plus years uh, is this kind of messy uh, when it comes yeah. to just the screenplay and how the story itself is told. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in on Will Smith being in this kind of movie. I'm in on clone Will Smith movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you know, movies with it's multiple a weird Will, Netflix genre, but okay. Multiple uh-huh. Will Smith movies is fine. Yeah, if if they make Bright <laughs> Two and they like they just Will bring Smith in Bright Will. Bright oh, Two, okay, the cool. clumps, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the clumps. It's farting. <laughs> um, I I would uh, normally be in for this this type of thing, but uh, the thing that really got me with this was just how how cheesy the the script was and the dialogue and the uh just the whole setup and point a to point b on how things move throughout the movie is just so by the books it feels a bit i don't know uh trying to be throwback but doesn't work you know like Mm -hmm. this feels like mcgruber honestly you know it feels like a parody (laughs) of an action movie but it's not trying to be a parody of an action movie in a lot of ways dare you wow (laughs) um And so, yeah, that's kind of what struck me is that, you know, it's going for this all-out action movie. We're back with Will Smith, and we're doing it. But, uh, you know, you can't really take it seriously because of how, um, I don't know, how cheesy everything kind of comes together on on the front end. And, you know, some of the lines that Will Smith says throughout the movie, and I've written a couple down, are just, like, head scratchers that, like, even agreed to say them, you know, it's like, uh, (laughs) but yeah, no, this movie went through 20 years of development, multiple, multiple, multiple drafts of screenplay, apparently throughout the time, this was the best (laughs) one that they got, Um, (laughs) somebody decided that this was a a thing that needed to happen, and, and like I said, I understand why you make this with Will Smith, he's a, you know, a guy that's had relevancy but this this is a movie that feels like it's what it's trying to say is hey remember will smith but he's really gone anywhere i mean he was in a movie this year that made over a billion dollars already so i mean (laughs) this isn't like uh i don't know when michael keaton came back for birdman and it's like this huge renaissance of like haven't seen this guy in 20 years where has he been and it's this huge return to form kind of thing um so that's a bit confusing but um you know this movie compares to me uh, like Focus. This is like Focus if Focus was a sci-fi movie about clones. <laughs> it's about as memorable as that and about as careless as that. But, um, yeah. Focus, gosh. Remember that one? Mm. Yeah, you don't. Well, now but I you'll, do. you'll won't remember Jim and I, man, in yeah. three years from now. Trust the me. The main thing I remember about Focus was Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. For real. That's oh, the that's first thing that brings down. Woo, woo. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's my general thoughts on Gemini Man. I had some fun with it, but there's some unbelievability to it that I, that's like, 
they don't really it's not really self-aware enough to have as much fun yeah. as it wants to to have as it thinks it's having um and so the writing's not smart or clever enough to kind of oh. get away with what they're trying to get away with so that's my overall thoughts you know i think ang lee can shoot a movie this is this high frame rate kind of weird thing is a. Uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I certainly applaud him for trying to get butts in seats um, because, you know, oftentimes most people think you can just get a red box, uh, Marcus, and uh, <laughs> do things, you know, watch it at home with your date and have the same experience. And, you know, it's not all the same all the time. And, you know, this is one that uh, a lot of people put a lot of work into to make sure you go out and see on the big screen. So I applaud that effort. But uh, let's pass this over to... B. Gill, 12, and uh, get his thoughts, initial thoughts on Gemini, man. R.I.P. to B. Gill, 11, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, one through one 11, through, honestly. One through, yeah. uh, it was a tough, tough trial to get to this place, but worth it. Their sacrifice was worth it. I really, really like the idea of this movie a lot. Uh, it sounded good on paper. It sounded great on paper in 2005, and even in 2019, it still was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I love Will Smith. I want a Will Smith assance very badly. I don't know that we're ever going to get one because I I feel like he's kind of, I don't know. I he's not willing one. to go away enough to have one. Yeah, that's a great point. He needs to like legit I just, not be he, heard from yeah, for he, five he's, years. He's kind of lost in the desert of just, I don't think he knows what a good movie is anymore. And he still is trying to, and I hate that I, because I would love, again, I would love to see him come back. I mean, I, uh, well, I mean, Will Smith is like the movie star of my childhood and I would, I would very much like to see him return to something great. And him, I think or, him or Crispin Glover. One of those. Two. <laughs> right. Or Chris yeah, Kattan. Just... The three of those, that's kind of the Holy Trinity yeah, of, of, true. uh, <laughs> mid 90s action stars um but uh sorry just thinking of a a mango blockbuster movie just you know that came so close to happening too (laughs) oh gosh oh my goodness um anyway i i would very much like to see a return for him and i just don't think he knows what what a good movie is anymore but this was one that you I don't think this is his fault at all. And I think that it, it seems like a good idea, especially for him on, on paper. And I don't think it's a bad idea to, to make the movie. I don't think it was a bad idea to get Ang Lee involved. Um, I do think it is a bad idea to ever make a movie with a script that feels like it was written by third graders. This is a terrible script, just a genuinely (laughs) brutal, brutal script. Um, does it confirm that David Benioff is, can't write so like that's you... the th- so yes so you you touched on it can't this has been in development forever and sometimes that works great <laughs> and a lot of times you're like oh that's why it took so long to get this movie to the screen because it was a really really poor script now i have no idea what david benioff actually wrote versus what got on the screen because this has been in development for so long i don't know if he was the one who uh kind of put the finishing touches on this or if this was something that he wrote in the early 2000s and and you know sold on and stuff so i think sometimes for somebody who is who can benioff is a i think is somebody who who um wants to be in control of his properties and if he sold this recently, that should have been a. If he was, what I'm trying to say is, if he put no his name to this pretty like, recently, from the writer and, of 
Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. and and didn't didn't say, hey, I'm gonna I want to direct this, then that probably is is a bad sign as well. Regardless, I cannot believe I was talking to Batman Shane about this earlier today. I can't believe how bad the dialogue is in this movie, and that is. There are look the movie has a lot of sins. There it's it's entertaining in some ways and there it's not it's not like a complete loss by any means. It is almost impossible to watch the movie with a straight face because of how just genuinely embarrassing the dialogue is. And that's so easy to fix. That's what kills me is the idea coming up with a high concept idea is the tough part. There are I mean, genuinely, there are thousands and thousands of writers in Hollywood who you could bring in to punch up the dialogue and script doctor it and make it passable on on the on the dialogue side and the scripting side. That's that's the easy part. Once you've got a good idea and you've got the people involved and you've got the star and all that sort of stuff, you it should be very easy to get dialogue up to like a B minus level especially when you're spending the amount of money that they spent on this. You or like go ahead and spend have, another 100k to get a good script doctor in here. Yeah, know? I don't know why if you have the rights to this project, why you have to use a screenplay that's got 12 writers on it. Why don't you yeah. just axe well, all of that and then hire one writer that knows what they're doing. And there's the credit script. issues with that. So maybe yeah. regardless, it doesn't it, some find a way. You find a way to get a passable script in on this because it this is not um, I, the, the, the shooting and the high frame rate and the, the way that Ang Lee went about doing this, I think deserves a lot of criticism, but it's a, it would be a, a very watchable throwaway, dumb, but kind of fun action movie. If it just would give you any reason not to just roll your eyes the entire time, anyone, anytime anybody talked pretty much, I was just. Liz Lemon rolling my eyes so hard because it's terrible dialogue, and that's that's a that should never be the reason that a movie like this doesn't work. Um, but that's a big factor for me on this one. So, not uh, not the best thing that we could we could hope for here uh, in in October, and not the best thing we could hope for surely from from Will Smith or Angley. So that's me. All right, uh, Marcus, what you got? Yeah, uh, this one this one hurt a little bit because uh, yeah, it's just the, the same vein you guys talk about X Men movies being bad and how much that sucks because uh, you want them so bad to be good. I'm the same way with Will Smith. Like when Will Smith is my movie star from my childhood, and sure. you know I always want what he does to be incredible, just like those you know past films of lore. And I I actually like I, I respect Ang Lee for what he does because. I may not be a fan of all of his movies, but I kind of think of him in the same vein as you know James Cameron, who's always trying to at least push cinema forward in some way. So I respect what he tries to do. Um, but this one just... I don't know what they were going for with this. Because uh, it, when it's going and it's when it works, it for me, it, it actually really worked well. Um, but then there's these moments like that script, like you guys mm. <laughs> said, like that script is just... That's a rough one, man. And... You know, touching on the whole being in development for over 20 years, this feels like it had so many hands in the pot and so many people just trying to punch up things. And it feels like they left out anything good just trying to make a big action sequence and just move things along. And it 
uh, a lot of it just didn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah, and I, also I kind of felt as if did it feel to you guys like you were dropped into this world that had already been going on for like forty five minutes? Like, or, or was that just me? Because I feel like this yeah. movie had so many superfluous characters that they yeah. wanted you to know already and wanted to know their motivations and wanted to know Gemini and I felt like none of it was earned. So it was a little, mm. just a little odd. And that script, man, I I was taking notes when I was watching it and. Boy, there were some lines. <laughs> there were some lines that I just could not believe. Well, get, I was get your favorite witnessing. one ready, because I have my favorite one. Cool. Ready. I, I got I got the number one. So when you, oh, well, you challenge on, out. man, challenge <laughs> on. I'm excited. All right, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Richard, got any uh, general thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to we were talking about this once. I think it was on an AMA for the VIPs, and they were like, "What do you guys most look for in a movie?" And and Brian and I had kind of similar things in terms of story and scripting, and Kent had like a much more visual, um, you know, what he looks for literally. Uh, and neither of us are wrong. It just sort of feeds into what you're what what makes a good movie to you. I I don't really notice, and I've realized there's this thing I hate now. If I ever hear high frame rate associated yeah. with a film i'm like i'm out because it's like this director yeah. nerd thing where they're like this is all i'm gonna focus on and as long as this looks cool which it'll look cool uh the rest will take care of itself and it's like no like i don't know <laughs> uh i feel like story and dialogue are still important and that's not what ken said at all i don't want to like misconstrue him i'm just saying uh we all have the different things we look for and and mine's more the the scripting thing yeah, is no. sometimes yeah. these directors can be so mm-hmm. like technical they're that so it, like nerdy to each other, like yeah, exactly. Hey, Guillermo, like, guess what I'm doing? I'm working on this high exactly. frame rate thing, you know, like. And that means nothing. I I see it and I appreciate, the, but it doesn't. I keep, that's not going to make a bad movie good to me, you know. Ever. Yeah. And nor do you, can. I'm not throwing you under the bus whatsoever. I'm just saying, like, um, it's just it, now when I hear that word, I like I because sh- I haven't seen one that's good yet where they like. Yeah, man, they did high frame rate, digital, cool cameras. They shot the whole thing on a this crazy brand new Samsung digital camera, and the script was incredible. Like that, when that happens, I will stop cringing. But until then, I I'm kind of out. Um, so yeah, it's 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 depressing. I saw this today, and it was just um, and and I was I don't like to do this, but I was sort of aware of the negative buzz. So I tried to go in contrarian. I, I like Will Smith too. He's also the kind of singular movie star of, uh, of my, of my childhood, him or Luke Wilson. And, um, <laughs> the better Wilson, you're right. obviously, uh, well, if we're, if we're ruling out Andrew, um, but yeah, so Cooper, no, Anderson, Andrew Wilson, Cooper Wilson. Oh, okay. That's a Peyton Manning joke. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, he's Wade the Wilson. Cooper Manning. I would like to see a cool documentary on the Mannings and Wilsons. Um, so <laughs> with JD from yeah, one time uh, I respect this so hard. <laughs> one time, my wife and I had had enough of um, Thanksgiving, and <laughs> you can read into that however you want. And so we went to a local uh, watering hole on Thanksgiving night and uh, sat there. And uh, there's some commotion next to us, and uh, we, we we live in Dallas, by the way, and so, so the Wilson family's from the same town, and uh, and sure enough, we realize Owen Wilson's kind of sitting, uh, kind of catty corner from us at the bar, 
And this girl comes up to us like, oh, my God, can I get a picture? And he was just like, no. <laughs> I, respected <laughs> I respected it so hard. <laughs> it was so good. I've seen both of them multiple times in Dallas. Yeah. They, they, they're still around a little yeah. bit. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so this was just, you know, it's the exact kind of movie that's not for me. And I, I do like action movies, but I'm more interested in, um, you know, Die Hard or things like that that have a cool story and script. And then the, the effects and everything are ancillary to that and really enhance it in a great way. Terminator 2, aforementioned by, by Terminator Marcus, who that's yep. your new nickname. Um, you're welcome, Termarcus. I don't know. We can make it better, but uh, we have the technology. We do. <laughs> we do. Uh, the M2000, or we can call it something cool like that. Um, but anyway, so we things like that that are, that are kind of. If you're gonna go sci-fi, you know, I want some kind of Philip K. Dick, some intelligence to it. This was just, you know, uh, what was the one with? Um, with Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis, Looper. Uh, Looper, yeah, this is just this bad Looper. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good. I I get that's the same actor. That's a cool effect. But what else? What's your? As we always say, what's your Thursday show look like? Like that's yeah. uh, what you got there. That yeah. what else is your second? Now you got a king. Right. We're playing right. poker. You got a king. What's your second card? The twenty page treatment on this sounds cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then Heck just yeah. like, okay, what are we doing to flush this out? Well. Yeah. I'm gonna film it at a really high rate. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, care. I don't know that anyone cares about that. Sure. Okay. Same. Yeah. But that's just me. I mean, that's just one of my opinions. So anyway, now we got that that out of the way, and I just want to kind of ingratiate ourselves to our audience again. I've got like 20 more minutes on Joker. Is it okay if I get into that? <laughs> yeah, you can. We're we're out. We're out. Please, God, no. Please. Just this uh, this almost can felt you like just delete that episode so we can be done. <laughs> yeah, just, I think I'm everybody's so beaten, heard it. Guys, or, they're oh, good. I'm so beaten. Um, I, it was funny to me about this is it felt like you know speaking of just like this being a spectacle and oh we have Will Smith and not only do we have Will Smith but we're do two Will Smiths and we're going to de-age one of the Will Smiths and then uh, we're doing this high frame rate thing on top of that and it's 3D and it's whatever. Um, so that's all great. And so it feels like they kind of went into this, you know, old school, like 1940s cinema style, like, like, hey, has he done with the script yet? Ah, it's 4.15. We're sure we don't have a script. And the guy's like running out and he's like, here you go, boss. <laughs> you got four pages for you. You know, and they're like, all right, here, you know, it's going to be the bee's knees. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like one of those, like, as long as we got a script, we're good. We'll just shoot this thing. Doesn't matter what, what it says or anything. Um, so, yeah, so there's a couple of things I want to kind of get into with this movie that, uh, you know, I, I couldn't really get behind. Um, so like Marcus alluded to, they treat Gemini Project like it's this widely known, <laughs> like it's basically, yeah. uh, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it's basically like NASA. Be like, yeah. you know, there, there's just commonality. There's, there's no, and, and I understand they're trying to build dramatic tension to the reveal that the other Will Smith is a clone and or or not his son or something like anyone would think that he's his son like did anyone go into this movie thinking like oh that younger will smith's probably his son you know no (laughs) you know so like why even try to make that a thing in this movie uh it's either his twin or his clone that's it you know it's like Mm -hmm. a weird so there was no build-up there there's no there's no spoiler there and so you know, this really got in the uncanny valley with me with the 
with the whole uh, de-aging thing. But that doesn't work. Like if for me, you know, they, this should this the guy shouldn't have talked. There's the, the the junior character should not have had any dialogue. This should have been Terminator with clone Will Smith, and he's being hunted by his clone, and he's like this menacing yes. thing, and he's not talking, and there's no story with him, and he doesn't know where he's coming from. All that he knows, and he finds out at the end that he's his clone or whatever. But this could have been just a fun, dumb, like, mm-hmm. like you know, race and chase movie. You know, and there's a couple of sequences in here, like the motorcycle chase I alluded to earlier, where it's like for at least the beginning of that, it's pretty fun, you know. And then it goes on a little bit too long, and then the physics of it get insane. Like, I don't know if they're trying to make Gemini Man a super soldier. Like, why is his physics so off compared to real life, you know? Like, he runs faster, jumps faster. Rides yeah. faster, slides faster. It's like a weird. I don't know Am if I, it's on purpose or if it's bad CGI right. or I don't know. My issue with that even was less that it's man, he's a super soldier. That's fine. Like it's cool that he, if he's a super soldier, but there was no consistency with it at all. There's scenes right. where he's just like the most baller action hero ever, and then one scene later he's like. I'm like, are, is he is he like mentally okay? Like, what's going on here? Like, there's no like there. I mean, it didn't make there was no consistency on that, and you couldn't figure out. That seemed like something that should have been again. That's that should be a pretty easy fix to be like, hey guys, I know that not. I mean, no action movie is perfect. We talk about like the the scale of powers and stuff like that in, in a superhero movie or or even like a Star Wars movie or something like that. So it's it, I get it. Like, no one's perfect at it, but. If in one scene he is that and he's just crushing old Will Smith and and it's like really awesome to watch and stuff. And then the next scene, he's literally talking like a six year old. Like I re- I'm genuine, not kidding. Like my child is more advanced than this ch- this guy was, and he's supposed to be like twenty three. It made no, didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense on that. And and there's other scenes where suddenly he just forgets how to be a super soldier. It, it I don't know, man. I, I don't know why that we went that route of not being, I don't know why you couldn't figure that out. That, that seems pretty, that seems pretty easy to me. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I felt like this film really didn't know what it was going to be. Was, was it going to be a big action spectacle or was it going to be some cerebral thriller that, you know, with this Will Smith's character trying to mm, work yeah, out his traumas. Point, and yeah. it, I don't think it really found its footing. And I think that kind of comes from the fact that there's like, you know, 15 people's hands on this script at any given point. And I just, I really wish if they, like Kent said, just go for it. Just make it spy versus spy. And, you know, they got, yeah. these, these two guys just going at it, just hunt this dude down and like, and show us how incredible old Will Smith is versus uh, the young Will Smith and how they, how they were just hunting each other and trying to figure this whole thing out. And I feel, I felt like that would have been a better movie if they had just said, you know what, this is big. This is dumb. This is action. Let's go for it. And they kind of tiptoed around it. Right. Yeah. Either way, go, go one way or the other with this. I'm all in on, on kind of high minded. So I love Looper is, I think is one of the best sci-fi movies of of this, this millennium. I mean, it's a great, it's a great movie. And part of why it is great is it, it is pretty high minded and Ryan Johnson handled that really, really well. And yeah, that makes it, that's, it's more difficult to do that for sure. And so maybe, if you can't figure out how to do that, then like you guys are saying, lean into the, 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 the kind of dumb stuff and just make it fun. And, 
can't, I don't know, trying to, trying to straddle the line between the two really didn't work for it. Yeah, it seems like they got some bad advice of people saying we need more emotion. We need more. Yeah, there needs there needs to be reason for X to happen in this movie, you know, um, and that's not always the case. You know, in some cases it is, but with this one, if 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 what you're selling is Will Smith action movie, then give us Will Smith action movie, you know. Um, so th- that that's a bit disappointing, but you know, I came up with a with a premise for this and how this could have worked. Okay, so hear me out. And if any producers, Paramount people, uh, wink, wink, are listening to this and want to pass along, you know, we could do a better version of this. That's great. Um, so it's it's uh, it's basically 2019. Will Smith plays himself in the movie. He plays Will Smith. All uh, um, you know, this is the end, right? He's Will Smith in 2019. You know. Struggling actor, whatever, trying to find his way in Hollywood, still trying to, you know, make it as an actor. And then artificial intelligence is becoming a really big thing. And he finds out that the government's actually been training the AIs by brainwashing them by watching old Will Smith movies because of how badass Mm. he was, right? (laughs) And he finds out about it and gets super pissed off. And then Hollywood um, actually hires one of the young Will Smiths to be in a movie <laughs> and market it as Will Smith and Will Smith gets pissed about it and then it ends up being this huge like uh, um, basically Gemini man but with meta Will Smith right and you lean more into like this is this is the inspiration for this right um, because you know for example in this movie you know he wears like the Philadelphia Phillies hat in the movie and like mm-hmm. oh because he's from West Philadelphia from get it because of fresh get it you know it's like just go for it man just like yeah. that would have been a really fun movie it's like oh they're training AIs by watching Will Smith movies and there's this freaking Will Smith who's a badass from the 90s and he's you know facing off against old Will Smith and he's actually Will Smith and he's like having fun with it that would that would have been that would have been a really um I don't know it would have been an easier sell for me um, in terms of like, you know, this should have been like Deadpool level meta in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like just kind of have fun with like what you're doing. But they went way high minded with this. And I don't know if that's if Ang Lee's to blame there, then then uh, then he should take the blame because somebody, <laughs> like I said, got some bad advice somewhere and, said, and interjected way too much yeah, exposition and pointless stuff into this that uh that took away from like okay guys we could be they could be uh i don't know having a lot of really fun times right now we got mary elizabeth winstead has to have this talk about uh you know what the gemini program actually means for the future of cloning at the company so we're good all right so let me know when this is over we'll get back to will smith and the clones you know it's like yeah you kind of i think I think Ang Lee is getting a pass on this. Just, just yeah. kind of looking at film Twitter and stuff like that. There's a lot of like, oh, poor Ang Lee. Just, and I'm like, hey, Ang Lee is. A, I mean, he's made some very good films, and he is a he's a very talented, very good director. But you gotta you gotta call a spade a spade. If Michael Bay, I mean, this is some Michael Bay level stuff. It really is. Like this is a he focused entirely on look how cool the frame rate's gonna be. Which, by the way, 
I think the story was there were four theaters in America that could properly show yeah. that frame rate. So great. That'll, yeah. that'll super translate to the masses, you know? And I, like, I'm all for technological progress and improvements and all that sort of stuff. And I totally understand that there will be, there have to be movies that are kind of, you know, laid at the altar of progress and are sacrificed so that in five years we can get something that actually looks really great in a high frame rate or something like that. But but you still have to say when that when that movie that is that is being sacrificed for the for the greater good, you still have to say, hey, this looks awful. And this movie looks awful. It looked really great uh, in terms of settings and like the wide shots and stuff like that. That was really cool. And it reminded me a lot of the stuff that he did with Life of Pi and how beautiful that movie was. Um, that's all well and good. The action sequences, for me, just a normal film person going to a movie at my local theater, I could not keep up. My eyes could not keep up with what was happening in the action. And when it did, when I could, I felt like this looks like something that would have been made in, in 2001. Like, it's just the effects are not there, and it looks bad. And then you you, you touched on it, Richard, uh, and Kent, you mentioned the, the Uncanny Valley. It's just... Okay, it's not there yet. So how can we figure out ways to um, to make that less distracting and less painful on the eyes? And instead, they just went all in on, well, we're going to shoot it at the fastest rate possible. Speaking of, uh, real quick, Brian, on this stuff about the high frame rate and the uh, Uncanny Valley, um, the thing you know that's the hardest to do with uh, CG characters and face replacement is the talking and the mouth movement, right? Because that's the most, um, I don't know, nuanced thing about people. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to replicate is like the individual muscles in somebody's lip and how they move. Like that's why whenever they did the uh, mustache removal on, <laughs> what's his name? Henry Cavill for Justice League. It looked like a complete disaster because you can't, it's just too hard to accurately you know, create mouth movements that look real. Like the, it's, it's like a, an unconscious thing that the human eye or the human body can detect, you know, that it's fake. Um, and so for this, they had certain scenes where both of the, both of the characters mouths were like in darkness, but their, mm-hmm. but their eyes were in light. And they were like, you know, that's like that scene in the trailer that where he's got the flashlight, you know, and he like meets and the, the clones. Yeah. yeah. That one, um, is uh yeah like half the, the sequence is shot like with both their eyes and the the brightness and their mouths and dark so that you wouldn't be able to tell that in that scene you know um and so they I understand they try to work work around it but like I said you could have had this character not talk and just be a complete badass maybe until the very end where he talks and it's this big emotional reveal you know and it's this connection to his his future self or former self or whatever it is. Um, I always think about Blade Runner 2049 and bringing back that character from the original Blade Runner um, was 100% CG, but I didn't even know until I left the movie that it was CG because it was so well done. But, you know, it was, I don't know how many seconds. It was less than a minute of the movie, and they took like over a year to do just that, you know, the CG, whatever digital... um, digital company they had working on it. And so that's a little confusing to me about how that was all gone about. But Brian, any thoughts on that? No. I mean, it was just not uh, just a lot of weird choices on this. A lot of weird choices. Yeah. 
Well, without further ado, let's get to uh, let's get to our favorite lines from Gemini Man. That was my favorite line. That that little <laughs> sigh Ooh. by Marcus there. Um, <laughs> my favorite line is uh, "Get ready, Marcus." Um, ready. It's probably the same one. This is coming from Junior, and he's speaking to I think his name's Clay. Yeah. Maybe his dad or extremely yeah, punchable Clay, Clay Bowen. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the uh, like Frankenstein thing he's got going with him, and it's weird, weird, weird. Um, but he says to him. I'm an orphan. You did this to me. Can't you see how not okay I am? <laughs> not okay. Dude, that's because like, that's how not millennials okay. talk, dude. 23-year-olds <sighs> are hip and cool like that. Why did they make him an 8-year-old? They, like, they just, listen to My they Chemical don't... Romance, and they love I'm Not Okay. That's their favorite <laughs> song these days. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite. Most cringeworthy line of Gemini Man. What about you, Marcus? What was your? Oh, uh, there, there's two. One smaller. It's a uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I believe her name is. And uh, when Will Smith first discovers that she's an agent, he says, "Uh, he says you're burnt." She says, "Yeah, I'm burnt. Toast." And then he calls her toast when they walk. <laughs> and then away. he calls her toast uh, later. Uh, no, but my my <laughs> the the best line from this is when. Uh, Clive Owen is explaining to Will Smith everything, his motivations and whatnot. Uh, Will says, uh, why didn't you clone someone like Nelson Mandela? It's like, because Nelson Mandela can't shoot a man on a moving train from two kilometers away. Prove it. <laughs> yeah, I would take that back. Guess Nelson they didn't Mandela see was proved hmm. wrong a lot of times like, in his life. Why bring like... Nelson Mandela into this, guys? He did <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong. <laughs> what did that, like, that guy's can't with Galileo? Like, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> Nelson Mandela <laughs> turning in his grave. Yeah. He's been through so much. All right, babe. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite, too. I, I, oh, I, um, the big win for you, Brian, on the Clive Owen being terrible in this. I know you're, yeah. you're firmly yeah. anti-Clive Owen, so yeah, all his lines Clive were yeah. especially bad, I thought, mm-hmm. in this. Felt great. I couldn't tell if he was speaking with an accent or not. It was a very strange, a very strange thing. People have wondered that, that since not, yeah. Children of Men, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not not a fan. He's he's a he's an okay actor. I just hate his face. I don't know. It's that <laughs> it's just the thing. Martin Sheen, same thing. No, uh, Michael Sheen. Martin Sheen, I'm fine with. Michael Sheen, get out. I just don't and know. Charlie Sheen. Sheen Charlie Sheen, you party with. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, but let's. You, know. you call him Chaz. <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> let's let's save <laughs> that for the VIP chat though. Like Emil- Emilio Sheen is my favorite. <laughs> um. So I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty much spent on this one. Um, if you guys have any uh, other thoughts, scenes, um, I like how they had a, a fight literally take place in a level from Call of Duty 2. I think it was like that market <laughs> like from Call of Duty 2, like <laughs> the most generic, like, all right, we need yeah. an Arabian market set, stat. <laughs> and then they just do an action scene. You know, it just felt so yeah. derivative. Like, well, like yeah. take us to places we've never been. You know, like do things we've never – if you're going to do things we've never seen, like – don't do them in like uh, I don't know the Hollywood back lot. It felt like you know uh, I don't know. Yeah, and just how did you a lot of a lot of scene shifting that didn't need like the whole scene in in uh, I guess in Belgium was like there was really no reason for them to have done that other than 
you get a couple of cool settings. That's you know what I mean. Like some some the shot looks mm-hmm. cool on the wide, and that's it. There was really There's no other. So reason. many of those scenes where they jump yeah. back and forth. Go. They went to Georgia, I think, like three times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like from yeah. from Hungary to right. to Georgia. And to, yeah. And what was there's just so many superfluous scenes in there. I think again with the script being touched by so many people. Like what yeah. was with the Russian guy in the bathhouse? Oh, that was my, that was <laughs> the, the low point for me because what are we doing here? I mean, <laughs> when he says. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think Did we you're need to have a whole scene Richard, but, uh, with him talking just so he can give him a character name so that we can go to a, yet another location? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was, it was very uh, location MacGuffin-y, just trying to send like, you from one place to another to get information that very easily could have been gathered in, in another way. I also love that that guy said, <laughs> long-time listener, first-time caller. That was the best line in the movie to me. I was like, oh, as in as you say in your country, <laughs> long-time listener, first-time caller. Was like, that doesn't really apply to this situation, but okay. That's a great, great idea, guys. Way to go. Benioff is a big you... Francesa fan. So. <laughs> How did you guys feel about the explanation of the cloning process? I mean, they kind of explained it away and by just saying, oh, you just need a surrogate mom and some DNA, and that was literally it. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes, it like, I guess. Um, that's was... all you need is a surrogate and some DNA? Because can't we do that now? <laughs> right. Honestly, that part was I was fine with because at least that was like one small part in the in the movie that had a little bit of self-awareness of like, we really don't need to get into the minutia of how cloning works because <laughs> we're just trying to shoot this movie as fast as humanly possible. You know what I mean? I just wasn't, I would prefer you. And like you kind of said, Marcus, I prefer you. They just go that route the whole way. Um, rather than try to, to get high minded in in some of the various uh, portions of the movie. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get on with this and, uh, hit those grades guys. Um, I'm going to give Gemini man a, C minus because um, I think uh, if you had this on in the background kind of thing, it wouldn't be that bad. But if you're really trying to get a really good fun, I mean, not fun, but serious in-depth cinematic experience, it doesn't deliver that, although it tries to. And if you're trying to get all in on like an action movie, it's not that. But this is kind of a throwaway, like have on the background kind of might visit revisit this in five to seven years kind of a thing. Um, yeah. if, it reminds me of like Transcendence too. Remember that movie with Johnny Depp? Oh, it just yeah. kind of came and went. It's like this high-minded sci-fi with an old star trying to t- say a lot but really has nothing to say at all. Um, Good call. Very, very similar to that in my and how I will probably view this in the future. But uh, yeah, C-. minus. What about you, Brian? Yeah, that's that's right where I'm at. I, I think a C minus is fair. I I think Will Will Smith elevates it a little bit. It certainly doesn't make it a good doesn't make a bad movie a good movie, but maybe it's just that I have nostalgia for Will Smith and want to see him on screen. I thought he he was fine. And and Mary Elizabeth Winston was was fine too. The the acting is fine. It just all boils down to me of just a really really horrendous script and, and poor execution then on top of, of a bad script. I'll go C minus. Uh, Richard, what about you? I'm going to go slightly below you. I'm going to go D plus. Can't give this Ooh. a passing grade. The script is just too bad. It's not an F minus 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 or an F even, but I'm going to go with my patented RB D plus Mark Terminator Marcus. 
Yep. Uh, well, I still got student loans, so I can't pay out for the F minus minus or the Richard Barton D. <laughs> oh, so man. I'm gonna oh, go with a C minus. Um, again, it's just like you guys said. That story is just not there. But Will Smith, he he does what he can do with what he has. So C minus for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering uh, how many more chances Ang Lee is gonna get at these kind of big. He's movies. got. Uh... What is the movie that he's do? He, it's a, it's like a, gosh, I had it pulled up a second ago. Now I can't remember. It's something not biopicy, but historically set. Uh, oh, the three, the Thriller Manila. He's doing. Oh, that supposed could be to be good. shooting next year. I think that could be cool. Who's playing Ali? I, Will Smith? No, it's a guy that's played him on on uh, stage a couple times. I don't know his oh, name, nice. but he, he looks. Ex- I mean, identical to him, and he's a, a. I think he might be an English actor, but he looks so much like Ali. So. Mm. Uh, I think that could be cool. I, yeah, I've heard a lot of. Uh, I think Ang that Lee was is that to, that was supposed to be a Scorsese one? I think. Yeah, Ang Lee's the kind of guy that like he's good enough to where he can make four bad movies in a row, and you're like, when the fifth one's coming, like it could be good. There's, sure. you know, he never, you never rule him out on either side. He could make the worst or best movie of any given year, mm-hmm. which is a skill. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, uh, that does it for Gemini Man. Like I said, maybe you'll hear it. Uh, again, come up in five to seven years. All right, let's move on and hit that weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. Uh, Richard, what you got, man? Thrown to me early. I respect it. I'm uh, I'm finally caught up on uh, a TV show that everyone's talking about. I, I never do this. As you guys know, I've kind of required, uh, retired rather from television so uh but i'm uh, caught up on it just ended last night season two of secession and mm. i enjoy it i enjoy rich people acting terribly and uh it's a it's a quality show so of those who've stayed away from it i would it i don't know if it deserves the, like kind of forced game of throne hypes that it gets on the uh on the uh twitter and stuff because we everyone misses game of thrones it does it but it's a it's a good quality show that i think really came into its own in the second season so uh, I recommend it. It's a fun watch. It's enjoyable. I'm like, you know, most like prestige dramas, even if they're great, are not like fun. You know, this one kind of is in a in a silly way. So it kind of walks the line between camp and uh, kind of serious prestige. So Secession, HBO. It just ended its second season, but you know, as as things are these days, you can you can find it. Uh, I'm gonna. I get to pick who gets to go next. Now, can you don't get to just throw okay. that on me? I'm gonna <laughs> go crazy. I'm going to go, Brian, what you got? I'm also going to recommend an HBO property. It is a Taxi Cab Confessions, right? <laughs> as, no? As oh. I can, ah. Every week, every week. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's Kent Standing Recommend, as we know. Uh, yeah, this was a, it's like a comedy special slash biography in some ways. Uh, Gary Goldman, The Great Depression, that uh, premiered a couple weeks ago. On, uh, on HBO. Gary Goldman is my favorite, probably my favorite comedian, definitely my favorite album, my favorite comedy album that he did uh, like 15 years ago. It's like Conversations with Inanimate Ob- Objects, and I love him, and he went through a very, very dark patch, and uh, this was his sort of retelling of his kind of sinking into depression and coming back out of it, and then mixed in with a with a comedy set that he did uh, to try to kind of talk his way through it and talk about what everything that happened and stuff. And it's it's very good. Judd Apatow produced it, and uh, there are famous faces that pop up and stuff. And uh, I loved it. It was it was really 
um, s- sort of inspiring and, and also a bit sobering at the same time. And, and really, uh, anyway, I'm just, I'm happy that, that my guy's back and that he's funny again. Cause he went through a stretch where I'd, I, I just was like, gosh, this is kind of a bummer. Cause this is, this stuff just isn't very funny. And you could tell he was going through some stuff. Uh, but obviously I didn't have any idea how, how bad it was. And so, uh, he, it's very, it's very honest and, um, and he's very vulnerable in, in everything that he's talking about. And, and it really is a, a an inter- it's very interesting on top of being pretty funny and, uh, and inspiring. So check that out. Uh, is again on HBO, Gary Goleman, the great depression. Nice. Nice. Um, Marcus, what you got, man? I'm going to recommend a documentary that's uh, on Netflix uh, about Nina Simone, whose discography I discovered a few years ago and just fell in love with it and uh, watched this documentary on Netflix that explores her life and it's told through interviews with her. It's produced by her daughter, but it's very, um, it's objective, which is really nice. And um, it just really tells an interesting story about her. She's this big jazz artist or was this big jazz artist but she never wanted to be that and she wanted to be a classical pianist but life kind of kept her away from that mm-hmm. and the whole thing is framed around that idea of like what do you do when you're thrust into the stratosphere of fame when you're doing something that you don't necessarily want to be doing and she's got she went through a lot with you know mental illness and addiction and abusive relationships and whatnot and it just talks about her story and how she came through that um, but also about the music, which is really important, and how she kind of gave up the popularity of her jazz career and started doing more music that was uh, politically tinged. So uh, it's a documentary on Netflix called What Happened, Miss Simone, uh, which was nominated for an Oscar uh, for Best Documentary in 2015, I believe. So, yeah, that's my recommend. Nice. Love a good music doc. I'll have to check oh, yeah. that one out. Um, my recommend is also a Netflix original it's a movie, and it's called In the Tall Grass. It's a Stephen King adaptation movie. Um, this is a it's, a, it's in kind of the same vein as The Shining. Um, it's, a, it's a real-world movie with, with kind of some surreal psychological elements to it. It's basically like these couples on this road trip, and they, like, stop to, like, change their tire, and they, like, hear a call for help, like, in this field, right? And so the husband goes out to, like, find... Uh, who it is or what it was. It was like a little boy uh, and he never comes back. And so she goes in after him and then they basically get lost in this like giant field grass and they can't find, it's like kind of a Blair Witch kind of scenario, you know, Mm. Um, pretty well done. Uh, Patrick Wilson's in it. It kind of has a twist involved in it, you know, too. Um, So it's worth a Netflix watch. You know, I don't know if I would have paid and recommended it if I went out and saw it, but uh I was pleasantly surprised with uh, that I got my money's worth with this one on Netflix. So In the Tall Grass, fun horror kind of Stephen King uh, movie that's uh, now available on the Netflix. That nice. uh, is good this time of year as we get into the horror movie season and uh, turn our attention over to that. Uh, with the VIP, we're doing a lot of horror movies, throwback horror movies coming up. And Brian's been doing the horror movie countdown on the blog with some special guest contributors. Yeah. Um, so check that out on the website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com and slash blog, I think, and uh, click blog and um, get on that. But we're tweeting links to those on social media yeah. all throughout the week. So if you follow us on Twitter, you should be 
up to date mm-hmm. with all, everything we're pushing out over the next month for Halloween. So yeah. good times. We've got three, three of those out so far, and I think we've got three more to come through the rest of this month. And then uh, hopefully you're going to do like a little – a little bonus episode on the VIP page with uh, with all those guests, kind of uh, uh, an episode all glommed together. Or a roundtable. So be interesting. Yeah, something like that. Nice. So. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Marcus, for being here. This has been an absolute pleasure, you and you are welcome back on any time that Will yeah, Smith you know makes what? a movie with clones. So. <laughs> yeah, any, any Will Smith clone movie you're on. <laughs> but where where can we... Uh, I want to follow you on all the social and wherever I can find you and where I can... Come hear you sing or whatever, man. Where do I? Where do we find you? Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the socials, uh, mostly Twitter and Instagram at ibraglots. That's I B R A G L O T S, and uh, it's just mostly me talking about irrelevant 2000s pop stars. So if you're into that, then you know, <laughs> come on and give me a follow. How do you feel um, about Robin? <laughs> How do you feel I, about? I love Robin, and I think that new album is a Good. very interesting take on uh, the dance pop music that people were expecting from her but she gave them something a little bit different and i uh I, yeah i dig it a lot so yeah man. kent got to see the full richard robin experience on saturday night and we were at richard casey musgrave robin at least five times a week he's yeah. very yeah. serious about robin. big robin guy and we were at <laughs> you should see my wife's face brian we were at <laughs> casey musgraves on saturday and kent was like hey robin's here on tuesday and sarah was like I told you not to tell him. I guess they saw it on the way in, and I didn't. It's fabulous. But then we looked at tickets, and they're way too expensive. But we're gonna yeah, look tomorrow and see if they come down. A lot down. of court orders as well, yeah. so you know, don't risk it, man. It's not worth it. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, yeah, you still got time to see Robin tomorrow, Richard. That's where it's gonna happen, yeah, man. Twenty-four hours. Make it happen now. Could be dancing on your own. Yeah, I could call uh, your girlfriend. I'll be there. All right. Well, this does it for another episode of MAM, and uh, we appreciate you for listening. If you want to get more from us this week, we're talking um, – it is a vampire uh, – interview with the vampire um, mm-hmm. from 1994. Yeah. So um, throwback to another movie from 94, celebrating 25 years, interview with the vampire, um, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt – Etc. So um, that'll be released this week. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. And uh, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter, BGIL12. You can find uh, my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all the social at uh, Richard Barden, B A R D O N, all those d- various places Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on Vivino, which is a wine rating app. Um, all those. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on the Twitter and socials at Kent Garrison. And uh, definitely reach out to us at Mad About Movies. If you're a VIP, we've got the Discord channel as well that we keep the conversation flowing throughout the week. And that's been a lot of fun. So if you're a VIP, that's a perk that you get. And you can interact with us throughout your day. And that's a fun time. So... Until next time, we're talking Zombieland Double Tap. We'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. 
calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya The salad's in scrambled eggs 